Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Good morning and welcome to the sixth day of 12 Saints, 12 Days, my blog series running from All Saints to Veterans Day. And this morning we are talking about Cornelius of Acts 10 and a little bit in 11. Um, And Cornelius is the most famous soldier saint. Um, He uh, is also referred to as the first Gentile baptized into the church. Um, And I've always been confused by that because Philip and the eunuch um, is, I think, in like Acts 7. And the eunuch is a Gentile. um, But the only difference between the eunuch and Cornelius is that he wouldn't have been eligible for circumcision. So the the later debate, you know, because eunuchs either are castrated um, or, you know, they're just not eligible. Um, but the um, the later debate at the Council of Jerusalem about you know what's required of this community, which still thought of itself as Jewish, um, and you know the for a couple generations the Jewish faith more broadly was debating what had just begun doing this thing called mikvah, which is a ritual bath. Um, Women always had had to do it, you know, around their menstruation and you know other kind of ritual baths are are not uncommon. But around the first century, it became a requirement for Jewish converts baptism um, for men and women alike. You know, people coming into the faith from outside who weren't born to a Jewish mother, right? And so, the mikvah and the circumcision were the two main requirements for men entering the faith. Um, and the Council of Jerusalem is like, well, should we require circumcision for people coming into this community, which still thought of itself as Jewish? You know, maybe it thought of it as a, you know kind of an offshoot or quirky, and the the Sanhedrin's, you know, the councils around the Jewish councils around the the empire at, at city centers definitely thought of the Jesus movement as not Jewish. Um, but anyway. Um, Cornelius is one of those, uh, people that, you know, we, we know so much about that we forget kind of the little things. We know he's a soldier, right? He doesn't, there's no evidence in a text that he leaves the, the, the military, but that isn't really what's important to me. Um, he enters the faith and he's, you know, talked up as an outsider who, you know, shows that, you know, the the Christian understanding of of the the faith that comes from Abraham is um, more welcoming to these you know outsiders. You know the soldiers are like, oh my gosh, Rome! But that's actually not the case. He's referred to as a God fearer, God fearer, um, or um, uh, phobeo menoi. That's the plural. But anyway. Um, these were that was a specific name for a group of Gentiles who did all kinds of stuff that the Jews did, short of 
fill in the blank. Sometimes they weren't willing to be circumcised. Sometimes they weren't willing to, you know, I don't know, to do the dietary restrictions. But they go to synagogue. They pray three times a day, uh, morning, afternoon, and evening. They do all these things, but there's just one or two things that they don't do. These were the God-fearers. So they were as close to Judaism as you could get. Um, and so he's not, you know, if we think of him as an outsider because he's a soldier um, or a Roman, that's not entirely the case. Um, he, uh, we know that he has money. He's, you know, uh, he has uh, servants, but kind of not really. Um, in fact, what the focus um, or the the servants referred to in Acts are actually in the Greek it's oiketes, um, and those that literally means members of the family. They may not have been blood, but they were part of Cornelius's familia. And even just talking about Cornelius himself is kind of misleading because the focus is really on the family. Um, from the very beginning, Cornelius is you know the vessel through which this dream comes, but Peter. The, the interactions with Peter are all about Cornelius's whole familia. And I say familia rather than um, domus, um, because the, uh, in Roman conceptions of duty, um, there could be like the hard line, right? The the dominating dad as the dominus, the lord of the household, um, or there could be you know Cornelius's example. And he's kind of the antithesis of what Laurie Brink calls the braggart warrior, right? Um, he's open and inviting. People trust him. Um, if Even if we translate oiketes into servant, he sends them off with a trusted Christian soldier who serves under him, um, not in chains. So they're trusted to do these important tasks, um, and they they return like they aren't like, you know, they aren't controlled or restricted. And there's, you know, when, when Peter finally comes, Cornelius invites his close family and rel- relatives and friends. Um, so the emphasis is on everybody. In fact, at the end, all of the family, all of the oikos were, um, uh, were baptized. And so if Cornelius is an outsider, he's a pretty soft outsider. Um, he's uh, a God-fearer, so he's very close to the Jewish faith, um, and he also has a very open and inclusive understanding of Roman pietas. Um, you know, he could be, as I said, the the lording, dominating dad, which was allowed and, you know, in some circles expected, especially like the, the wealthier circles, but he wasn't. He's, you know, it's it's this inviting family, and that is kind of what makes me interested in the in the connection to um, Jesus's followers, who were much more open and welcoming to God fearers and other Gentiles, much more so than the more hardline um, traditional Jews. And that's kind of you know that's clearly where Paul takes the faith, um, but they as a people in Acts fifteen. Um, they say, okay, we're going to lower the restrictions. Um, you don't have to be circumcised. All you have to do is to not eat food, um, sacrifice to idols, and don't sleep around. You know, everything else is like, 
you know, secondary. And I don't know of any other, you know, Jewish identifying community did that that early. Um, said that circumcision is no longer a requirement. And this is before the temple is destroyed in 66 CE, and the Jews are like, well, shit, we have to do something different because we have no temple where we can sacrifice. So the, the, Jew, the, the Jesus movement within Judaism was much more open than the, than the traditional Judaism, in the same way that Cornelius's Pietas is much more open than you know, the letter of the, the Roman law would have allowed him to have been. And so it's not really about, Acts 10 is not about Cornelius so much as it is about military families um, and the kind of families that, uh, that you know, our values and convictions and commitments as soldiers and veterans um, incline us toward, to be open to others, um, you know, uh, certainly protective, but open and inviting and um, having this um, duty, uh, pietas, um, this idea of it or this conception of it, um, many of us in the military could be, you know, dominating and, and domineering. Um, but Cornelius, as the example of uh, a, a baptized believer, gives us you know, gives us a, a picture of what it means to be uh, much more soft-handed um, than you know culture or or our laws might allow. And so, is the uh, you know if if it is about Cornelius, it's about the paterfamilias par excellence, right? Um, that this is what it looks like to be a head of a household. You know, you could be much more like. <laughs> traditional this and um, keep it run a tight ship um, and that's not the example that Cornelius and his family give um, and so I think it's important that this is the the first group of Gentiles who are baptized into the faith they they aren't but I, I haven't had that question answered like Philip there's others like there's God-fearers are also this long line of proselytes who enter the Jewish faith. Um, but anyway, that's another another topic. Cornelius is a soldier, um, or he could be a veteran. Um, the the very beginning, it's kind of the 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 sense of time is vague. Um, he's a centurion of the Italian cohort, um, as it was called, and so he either is still serving, in which case. He is one of the um, centurions of the six centuries of the cohorts to Italica, which would have been an auxiliary unit run by low-status Roman citizens. So if he's a soldier, he's kind of a low-status Roman citizen, but he may have been light-skinned and, you know, Italian. Or he was a veteran, um, and he... Um, he was higher status and he served in, you know, any Italian cohort and he was definitely light skinned and spoke uh, Latin and learned Greek and maybe Hebrew or Aramaic. Um, and uh, the, yeah, his status would have been exemplified and his status as, as, as a 
culturally as a foreigner would have been exemplified if he were a veteran. Because after you serve, you can retire wherever you want for some units. Um, and so it's either he's an outsider because he's Italian, light-skinned, um, or if he is still serving, he's actually, in Roman terms, quite he's of quite modest stature. Um, in fact, he probably would have been looked down upon by other Italians. Um, and uh, he was, you know, this currently serving centurion, probably, you know, a, just a, a first sergeant, you know, just one century. Um, or he was, you know, an Italian centurion with, um, a le- you know, within the legions and had much more status. Um, but from the eyes of Jews... He was about as close as you could get to being Jewish without actually being Jewish. And so there's layers of this difference and similarity that I think we should attend to if we want to put his otherness on his being a soldier. I think it it kind of falls apart. Um, but it, there's certainly something to be said about the more expansive role of this passage, the more expansive role uh, that the family played and the inclusivity of the family and the faith that Jesus inspired in his own followers. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.